0: That poster of people that we were praying for, people that we wanted to see, friends, family, coworkers, people that we wanted to see come to faith, come to salvation. And uh, that poster is hanging in the lobby on the wall. And what I want to ask church is that when you leave today, um, you know, those of us, I'm a, I'm a meathead, man. I played football, okay? When you run into the field, there's something you always, you know, you hit a banner, you touch a gold head or a rock or, you know, you just do something. As we leave today... If everybody could just touch that banner and pray for those names, I think that would be awesome. Pray that God saves. Every name represents a life. Every name represents a person. And we are praying for those names. We are praying for those people to come to faith. So on your way out today, just uh, tap the banner and uh, say a prayer for those people. Also, we threw out a challenge a couple weeks ago. We called it our bodybuilding challenge. And uh, I challenged you to in, in three areas to invite two different families or two different individuals in this church that you don't know. Invite them over to your house for dinner. All right? We were talking about unity. And the best way to build unity is to know one another. So, uh, man, find someone you don't know. Have them over to your house for dinner. That was one of the challenges. The other one was to bless someone. Bless an individual or a family Uh, man, just randomly you know, give them some money or send them on a date, watch their kids, find someone that has a need in our church and try to meet the need. You say, I don't know anybody that has any needs. That's a problem. You need to get to know people because everybody has needs, okay? So let's get to know one another. Let's bless one another. The world will know we are Christians by our love one for another. And the third part of the challenge was to invite two people, okay, friends, family, co-workers, to invite two people to church. That was our bodybuilding challenge, and I just want to encourage you to take take me up on the challenge, all right? Let's do it. Let's step up. And I think it would be really good for our body. We're continuing our series called Worship. And so far, through this series, we've seen that worship is so much bigger, and it includes so much more than we realize. You know, when a, when a lot of people, especially men, when we think of church or when we think of worship we're immediately bored we're immediately turned off honestly okay because a lot of men especially a lot of people they think i I can't sing you know i'm not a good teacher i'm not a scholar i don't really like kids like there's nothing for me to do in the church and all of those things singing teaching being a scholar Working with children, man, they are extremely important, vitally important. But the worship of God is so much bigger than just those things. The Bible says everything you do outside of sin can be done to the glory of God. Whatsoever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God is what the Scripture says. I'm going to watch the Broncos this afternoon to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Today, we're going to start talking about spiritual gifts. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives each Christian at least one gift for the work of ministry. One gift that helps to build the kingdom of God here on earth. So in the coming weeks, we're going to deal with Some controversial gifts like tongues. We're going to deal with healings. We're going to deal with the gift of miracles and the gift of prophecy. But before we dive in, before we dive into the topic of spiritual gifts, I think it's crucial, it's very critical that we lay some groundwork first, okay? And the foundation, of course, has to be Jesus Christ. If we if we don't connect everything that we're studying back to Jesus, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Okay, We have to connect everything back to Jesus. So let me talk about Jesus. Jesus is God. He's God. And He was there at the beginning of time. He was there before time. He was there when we sinned and we separated ourselves from God. And instead of leaving us in that dreadful situation of separation from the Lord... Jesus left heaven and he came into human history as a man. And in his life, Jesus taught people, he healed people, he served, he encouraged, he counseled people. And we see in the scriptures that Jesus did his ministering by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. The reason I'm saying this is because sometimes people get so excited about the Holy Spirit, they forget about Jesus. Or vice versa, sometimes they get so excited about Jesus, they forget about the Holy Spirit. I just want you to know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. They're working together. They're not competing for our allegiance. They're on the same team. And as Christians, the Holy Spirit indwells us and empowers us to do ministry like Jesus. Jesus was put to death as an innocent man, completely sinless. He was buried. Three days later, he came back to life, conquering, defeating Satan, sin, and death. And before he departed earth, before he ascended back up into heaven, he said, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will empower you to do ministry and you will be my witnesses all over the world so jesus ascended into heaven and the holy spirit was poured out upon god's people just like he promised today whoever makes the decision to follow jesus or to be a disciple of jesus is baptized in the holy spirit that's what it means to be a christian we're filled with the holy spirit of god we're led By the Holy Spirit of God, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and we are gifted by the Holy Spirit to do ministry, to do the ministry of Jesus here on earth. And through the Holy Spirit, you are led, empowered and qualified to minister the way Jesus ministered. Okay, Jesus is always the example we should be looking to. So here's the principle. Here's the principle that you can take away from that. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead you contrary to the example of Jesus Christ. Ever. He's never going to lead you contrary to the example of Christ. And as we get into spiritual gifts, I I want you to know that there are many people that believe that some of the gifts that we're going to talk about, some of the gifts don't exist today. There's people that believe some of the gifts were for the New Testament church, but they're not for this age. They believe some of the gifts don't exist today, like tongues, prophecy, healing, miracles. They say there are no tongues today. Okay, There are no prophecies today. There are no healings today. There are no miracles today. That was for the early church. And those gifts, they don't exist today. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why people teach that. But I want you to know up front we don't believe that. We believe the gifts exist today. But they're supposed to be done in a way that's biblical, not done in violation of Scripture. Okay, there's rules. There's rules. Biblical rules that govern how these gifts are supposed to work. So as long as we obey the the Scripture church, as as long as we obey the Bible, we're not going to have a problem. We're going to be just fine. So God gives spiritual gifts to each Christian. And He gives them gifts as He determines. So we all don't have the same giftings. Okay, Ephesians 1 tells us that at the moment of salvation... You are baptized and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, He changes your mind. He changes your heart. He leads you towards the purposes and the will of God. He convicts you of sin. He instructs you in the Scriptures. And He gives you a deep, lasting love for Jesus Christ. You you cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Let me say it one more time. You cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit of God. So let's begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Is everybody awake? Huh? Alright? If, if the person next to you is sleeping, give them one of these. Like right in the ribs. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Paul begins by saying, now. Okay? Now remember... Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthian church. He's answering the questions that they were asking him. They were asking their pastor a lot of questions. And he's answering their questions through uh, 1 Corinthians. It's also important to know that the church in Corinth is being rebuked by Paul. They were, they were jacked up. They were messed up. They were doing gifts completely the wrong way. They were not using their gifts well. They were full of confusion And they needed solid teaching on this subject of spiritual gifts. So so Paul says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, the church in Corinth was ignorant about spiritual gifts. A lot of churches today are ignorant about spiritual gifts. A lot of churches use spiritual gifts in the wrong ways. Some people are ignorant concerning spiritual gifts because they don't really understand that there is a distinction between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Okay, natural gift is something that you're born with. A spiritual gift is given to you at the moment of salvation, your spiritual birth. Now, a spiritual, uh, a natural gift, rather, are things like uh, you're, you're born, maybe you're artistic. Okay, You just have an ability to, to draw. You're very artistic. You're really good. My mom is an amazing artist. She is fantastic. I have a couple paintings hanging in my house that my mom did. And she is amazing. But I'm a little upset with her because she did not pass any of that ability to me. All right? When I try to draw anything, you can't tell what it is. I'll draw a stick figure, and you can't tell it's a stick figure. I mean, it's awful. You should see my handwriting. That's why I type everything so I can read it. I can't even read my own handwriting. It's awful. Thanks, Mom, for nothing, okay? Jeez, you didn't give me the artistic gift. Actually, I'm just kidding, Mom. I need lunch this afternoon. I love you. I love you. And other natural gifts would be like athleticism. Some people are just born with amazing athletic ability. Like another example would be Singing. Some some people are born with perfect pitch. Um, they have amazing voices. Others, not so much, all right? Others, we just make a joyful noise to the Lord. Others have sculpting skills. Uh, maybe you're born with amazing math skills. My oldest son, Ryland, he is a math whiz, okay? He's in seventh grade. He's doing sophomore level math, and he knows better than to ask his dad for help with his math homework, all right? Because I'm always going to send them to mom. He, he was born with an amazing mathematical mind. That, that That's a natural talent. He was born with that. So these are examples of, of talents that you're born with. You can have these talents without being a Christian. You can have talents without being a Christian. That's why people who don't even know Jesus can be amazingly talented. But you know what the ironic thing is? Even talents are given to us by God. Like people can be amazingly gifted and talented naturally and curse God. And God is the one who gave them those natural talents. Everything, the Scripture says, comes from God. So so spiritual gifts, they are often closely tied to your talent. Okay, may, maybe you serve God through your art. Maybe you worship God through your music. You know, whatever you have can be used to the glory of God, and it can be used for the benefit of the church. So whether it's a talent you had before you became a Christian, or it's a gift that was given to you after you became a Christian, it, it all counts. Okay, you can use everything to the glory of God. So. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, I want you to realize that talents and gifts are given by God and both can be used to do ministry, okay? Another thing I want you to know, just lay in some groundwork here, okay? Another thing I want you to know is there is no complete list of spiritual gifts in the New Testament. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, and Ephesians 4 they list some of the gifts from the Holy Spirit. But if you read those lists, they're not all the same. Okay? Um, so we're not exactly sure the sum total of the spiritual gifts from God. Some say that if you put those lists together, that's the complete list. Maybe, maybe not. Okay? We, we don't know for sure. There also may be additional gifts that the Lord gives that aren't even listed in the Bible. Here's where I've landed, okay? Man, sometimes you're wrestling with the Scripture. I don't have all the answers. I'm studying. I'm searching. I'm learning. But where I've landed is that God can do whatever He wants. He's God. If He wants to give someone a gift that isn't listed in the Bible, that's His choice. He's God. He's God. I'm not going to put Him in my little box. Also, you need to know that every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Some some of us may get more, but you have at least one supernatural way to do ministry like Jesus. And you have one supernatural way to do ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's it's awesome. It's it's amazing. Some of you some of you will have the gift of knowledge. You love to study, you love to read. You have an amazing memory. You just devour information. Some of you will have the gift of teaching. Okay, Others will have the gift of administration. Some will have the gift of leadership. Others will have the gift of giving. That's the person we have to, t- we have to say, stop giving, Okay, because you're, you're going to give everything away. Stop. That's that person. Every Christian has at least one gift. And in, adi- in addition to that, it doesn't matter what your gift is. At times, we all have to serve outside of our giftings. All right? Let me, let me just say, you, sometimes we just have to do what we have to do to get the job done. You, you can't say, I'm an elder, and uh, elders don't pick up trash. That's not my gifting. You know, I'm not a servant. That's for the servants. It's like, no, man, you can't say that. Sometimes we have to serve... Outside of our giftings. Kids, you can't say, man, I don't have the gift of obedience. Sorry, Mom. Like I just don't have the gift of, of cleaning my room. I know your mom's going to say, well, I have the gift of spanking, so clean your room, right? Sometimes we have to do what's necessary to help other people, even if it's outside of our gifting. And, and the reason we do it is for the sake of the ministry, the sake of the church. We do it for the sake of the gospel. So let me ask you, do do you know what your spiritual gift is? Because to be upfront with you, most people don't feel bad. Most people don't know what their spiritual gift is. Most people say, I don't have a clue what even the gifts are. And I don't have a clue what my gift is. So let me ask you just a few questions. Because see, there's kind of a misunderstanding that if I follow God, He's going to make me do what I like the thing that I hate doing, He's going to make me do that. Not necessarily the truth. Let me ask you a few questions. What what are you passionate about? What are you, man, you just what are you passionate about? What do you love? Like what is it that gets your blood pumping? Just, oh man, it just drives you. What drives you? Some people are really passionate about kids. They're they're really passionate about youth. Some people have a heart for the elderly. They just love serving the elderly. Some people have a huge heart for single moms or people struggling with addictions. Some people are passionate about different parts of the world. I've heard people say, "I, I, I can't explain it, I don't know what it is. Just have a heart for Africa, man. I just got to get there. I don't know what it is. God is leading in them in that. Some of you will say, "Man, I have a I have a heart for women who've had an abortion." I, I don't know what it is. I just I just want to help them through that, and I want to love them through that. And I have a heart for people who've been sexually abused. You may say, "I have a heart for people who are financially upside down." Like I I just. I want to help them get on the right track financially. I want to help them get out of debt. I want to help them make a budget. Your passions, you know, what it is that you love, whatever it is that gets your blood pumping, that can be a huge indicator as to what your gifting is. Other questions to ask would be, where are you effective? Where are you seeing some success in your life? Man, I've been, I've been doing this task and it's just working. It's like, man, pursue that. Where are you effective? Where do others affirm you? Sometimes God uses other people to point out, like, man, that talent or that ability, that's a gift from God. Where are other people speaking into your life and pointing out some giftedness that you may have? Do others see a God-given ability in you? Let me, let me give a quick plug for something at our church that we call a SHAPE Inventory. Uh, A SHAPE Inventory is a tool that we use here at Grace Church, and it's to help you discover your spiritual gift. It's to help you discover where the right place might be for you to serve here in ministry at Grace Church. All right? SHAPE is an acronym. It stands for Spiritual Gifts, Heart, Abilities, Personality, and Experiences. And, and we believe that God uses all five of those things to, to shape us and, and to guide us and to lead us into what our giftings are. So it's just a tool that will help you discover the ways that God has created you unique and it's a tool to help you live your life on purpose for His kingdom. See, that's where a lot of men get tripped up. They think church is just an event that we do on Sundays. We just hang out, we sing some songs, we listen to this dude talk, And we go eat lunch. Like church is so much more than that. It's not just an event on Sunday. It has purpose. We are building a kingdom here on earth. Man, we're warriors. We're in an army. It's a war. Church is so much more than just sitting on our butts. Okay? Playing church. So you can sign up for the Shape Inventory... At the Welcome Center, after the service. <laughs> All right, I highly recommend it. End of commercial. All right, let's keep reading. I, I seriously, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Um, sign up at the Welcome Center, and it's it's just a tool. Okay, it's not uh, the gospel. It's just a tool to help you find out how God has gifted you. Uh, let's keep reading. First Corinthians twelve two. It says. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Paul says, hey, church, he's speaking to the church in Corinth, he says, you used to worship false idols, like money, success, fame, sex. Those idols, they don't love you. Okay? Those, those idols, they don't look out for your best interest. Those idols can't even talk. They don't listen to you. Those gods... Are not alive. Verse 3. Therefore I want you to understand. That no one speaking in the spirit of God. Ever says. Jesus is accursed. And no one can say. Jesus is the Lord. Except the Holy Spirit. Some will say. The only way that you can know for sure. That you have the Holy Spirit. Is if you have a certain. Spiritual gift. You have to have this gift. In order to have the Holy Spirit. And Paul just said, the only way to get the Holy Spirit is to love Jesus. That's how you get the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with the gifts, it has everything to do with Jesus. So let me ask you how do you know, church, that you have the Holy Spirit? You love and you follow Jesus. That's how you know. We're not all going to have the same gift. It's very clear in Scripture. You walk into a church and everybody's acting out the same gift, unbiblical. They're they're not doing it right. It's unbiblical. We're not all going to have the same gift. If someone says you have to have a certain gift in order to have the Holy Spirit, you need to tell them, you know what, not according to the Bible. And I would highly recommend that you follow the teachings of Scripture rather than the opinions of men. Jesus is Lord. He's exalted. He's supreme. He's all-powerful. And Paul says, you know you have the Holy Spirit when you love Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who transforms you, renews you. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches you to love and to serve Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of sin, that separates you from jesus and it's the holy spirit that leads you to be more like christ you know have have you ever thought some people really struggle with this have you ever thought gosh man am i even a christian like i don't even know if i'm saved i I don't even know i don't know if i have the holy spirit i just don't know let me ask you do you love jesus Is is He your Lord, your God, and your Savior? If the answer is yes, you have the Holy Spirit. The main issue is Jesus. Church, the main thing always was, always is, and always will be Jesus. Jesus. If you love and follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. So before we start talking about spiritual gifts, we have to get first things first. Do you love Jesus? Is is Jesus your Lord and your God? Do you serve Jesus? Do you pray to Jesus? Are you confessing your sins to Jesus? Do you sing to Jesus? No, I'm too cool to sing. Better check your heart. Do you sing to Jesus? The worst thing I could do is tell you how to do ministry without Jesus. Man, sadly, there's a lot of people doing ministry. There's a lot of people doing good deeds, doing amazing things from our perspective, doing good works, and Jesus is nowhere to be found. They're doing all these good things without Jesus. Are you a Christian? If not, you need to become one today. You do. You need to put your faith in Christ. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Verse 4. Paul says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. That's Jesus And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God, that's God the Father, who empowers them all in everyone. This is so cool. This is so amazing right here. When you become a Christian, the whole Trinity, the whole Godhead is paying attention to you. Individually, He's paying attention to you personally. The Trinity distributes the spiritual gifts just think about this for a minute. God is running the universe. Okay, He's a busy guy. But He's interested in you. He's focused on you. God the Father says, I want you to have this gift. I want you uh, to serve in this city. This is what I want you to do. I'm going to put you in this church and I want you to do this ministry to help out these people. The Holy Spirit comes and He empowers you and He gives you the ability to carry out the gift that you've been given. He helps you to do ministry like Jesus and then God the Father is glorified. God is the one who gives the gifts. Okay? This is important. Pastors, spiritual leaders... We, we cannot give you spiritual gifts. I, I've seen in some churches where they would call people forward and they would say, come, and I'm going to give you the gift of such and, such and such. I can't give you a gift. I can't give you a talent. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't give you a spiritual gift. I'm not God. I can't give you abilities. But the Holy Spirit can, and He does. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The the reason we're given spiritual gifts is to serve one another. The reason we're given spiritual gifts is is to serve others, to bless others, to benefit others. Gifts from the Spirit are given to edify the body. They're given to build up the church. The purpose they're given is to strengthen The church. You are a gift to this church. You're a gift. You're here for a reason. You're here on purpose. God has you here for a reason. The Holy Spirit is in you. And you've been given a spiritual gift. So that you can serve and help other people. Listen, if, if your gift is teaching. Teach people about Jesus to the best of your ability. Use it. If your gift is encouragement, encourage others to be like Jesus. If your gift is administration, help us organize this growing church. All right? God has sent you here on a divine mission. It's not just an event on a Sunday morning. We're in this thing together, church. God has sent you here on a mission. to help us be a church that most resembles Jesus, so that many, many people will hear about his love, know his affection, and be transformed by his spirit. That's the purpose. We're in this thing together. Man, we, we all have a part to play. So, so now that the ground floor has, has been laid, let's talk about the gifts. All right, look at verse 8. Paul says. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. I'm going to finish the sermon this morning by talking about these two gifts. Wisdom and knowledge. Some people are given the gift of wisdom. Some people are given the gift of knowledge. So let's talk about wisdom first. I like to refer to wisdom as street smarts. People with the gift of wisdom... They just know how to get it done in the real world they got street smarts wisdom is the ability to have insight into people into situations and it's connected with the understanding of what to do and how to do it someone with the gift of wisdom has the ability to apply god's word to everyday life in a very practical way People with the gift of wisdom, they are intensely practical. When they read their Bible, they're always asking, how does this apply to today? How does this apply to me? What am I supposed to do? What's my takeaway? So the Holy Spirit comes in you, and He makes you wise. It's the gift of wisdom. Once again, wisdom is the ability to take the principles of God's Word and practically apply them, to the decisions of everyday life okay wisdom is knowing what to do with money with sex with friendship with marriage with kids knowing what to do with power it takes wisdom to figure all that stuff out if you have the gift of wisdom you know what really bothers you it's like your pet peeve is folly if you have the gift of wisdom you folly drives you crazy It drives you crazy when people make stupid decisions. Because you're like, why did you do that? Because you can see like a clear path, a wise path, and they they took a different path. You're like, why did you do that? That wasn't wise. Why did you marry him, right? He doesn't have a job. He can't read. He's missing all his front teeth. Like, why did you do that? That wasn't wise. Like, why didn't you call me? I would have told you. That's what people with wisdom, the gift of wisdom, that's what they think. They, they see people traveling down a wrong path and it's really hard to watch because they, they've been given a gift. They can clearly see a wise path and, and they, can, they can see the path that, that you should have traveled. People with the gift of wisdom are a blessing. We need you because we need to know the path to take. We need to walk through this life with great wisdom. With the gift of wisdom, the best thing you can do is look to some biblical examples. Okay, Obviously, Jesus. He had all the gifts. Okay, Every gift we're going to talk about, you need to look at Jesus and see how he lived out that gift. But also, some others would be to look at Solomon. He was gifted with wisdom. Look at Joshua and Daniel. Look at how they got wisdom. Every single one of them, they got it from God. How did, how did they use Wisdom. Okay, look at how they used wisdom to help and serve other people. What, what can you learn from them and their mistakes? And in, in addition to that, some great books to read in the Scriptures. Uh, if, if you think you have the gift of wisdom, would be the book of Proverbs. Okay? Man, great book. 31 chapters. Most of the time, there's 31 days in a month. Read a chapter a day. It's, man, what a great book on wisdom. Also, Ecclesiastes, the book of Job, the book of James. Some great books to read with the gift of wisdom. Let me, let me ask you, you're, you're thinking, all right, if I have the gift, gift of wisdom, where do I fit? Where do I serve? If you have the gift of wisdom, you should be a small group leader, honestly. You should be helping other people to apply God's Word to their lives. You're, you're giving them counsel. You're giving them advice. Others with the gift of wisdom, man, you could you could make great biblical counselors, once again, you're helping people through their marriage issues. You're helping them through the problems of life. You're giving solid, biblical, and practical advice. People with the gift of wisdom, and they could be great recovery leaders, they're, they're helping people to overcome addictions because they can give counsel. They're saying, no, this is the right path. They have the gift of wisdom. Some of, someone with the gift of wisdom would be a great life coach or a mentor. And it's not just spiritual wisdom, it's also practical everyday life wisdom. There's a couple men in this church who have the gift of wisdom, and every decision that I make that I think is big, I call them first. And I say, am I being an idiot? Like, am I stupid if I do this? Give me some counsel, give me some advice. And it has kept me from a lot of trouble. Um, Man, it's not just spiritual wisdom, but it's practical everyday life wisdom depending on how God's gifted you with wisdom, like you can use this in the real world too. Like you could be an advisor. You can be a consultant, right? It's street smarts. That's what wisdom is. It's having street smarts. Knowing how the world works. This is not an exhaustive list that I've given you. These are just some, some ideas. I'm trying to give you a few examples of what you could do with the gift of wisdom. In addition, Paul says some are given the gift of knowledge. And I like to refer to the gift of knowledge as book smarts. This is the nerd gift, okay? If you have this gift, you're a nerd, all right? And we love you, but you're a nerd, all right? You love reading. You love researching. You just devour information. You love to study. You love to learn new things. And if you're, if you're not learning new things, you get bored really quick. Someone with the gift of knowledge, man, they love statistics. They love footnotes. They love diving into the Greek and Hebrew when they're studying their Bible. Those without the gift of knowledge, we like picture books, right? We don't read the book. We wait till the movie comes out, right? People with the gift of knowledge, they're the ones quoting the movie, all right? That's, that's who they are. People with the gift of knowledge, they love God, with all their mind. If you have this gift, you have to be careful though. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up. And pride and God, they don't mix well. So you have to be extremely careful with this gift. Jesus rebuked the scholars of His day. He said in John 5.39, He said, You search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life but the Scriptures point to me, Jesus. You can get all the degrees you want, but if you don't love Jesus, you're missing the whole point. The whole point of all study and knowledge is to reveal Jesus. The whole point of all study and knowledge is to reveal Jesus through science, through medicine, through law, through philosophy, through history, through theology. And with the gift of knowledge, you're the one that's always asking, what does this tell me about Jesus in everything that you're doing? What does this tell me about God? How does this reveal God? With the gift of knowledge, one of your biggest pet peeves is someone who hasn't done their homework. All right? That drives you crazy because you're thinking, you're probably thinking as I'm preaching this message, that's not what the Greek text says, right? That, that was the wrong cross-reference, I've been corrected often by some of you with the gift of knowledge. Thank you. I need you. Honestly, I need you. Because I can go to crazy places. Some of the biblical examples that you need to look to, if you, if you have the gift of knowledge, would be Jesus, of course, but also Ezra, Solomon, once again, Luke. Remember Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke? He was a doctor. He was very knowledgeable. And Timothy. Some great, Books to read in the Bible would be. I'm just going to say the whole Bible. All right. Because you're going to read it anyways. If you have that gift. Where do you fit in? If you have the gift of knowledge. Let me just say. These are just some ideas. Okay. If you can write. You could help us write curriculum. Like We spend lots of money every year on curriculum for kids ministries. Uh, curriculum for small groups. How cool would it be. If we could write our own curriculum so that we could guide and help leaders lead. Honestly, in our small groups, one of the biggest hang-ups for people becoming small groups leaders is I don't know what to teach or where to begin. And the Bible's kind of big. It's a little bit intimidating. And so we try to put a curriculum in their hands to guide them, to help them. What if, what if we were doing that in-house? How cool would that be? Someone with the gift of knowledge, they can help us stay straight in our theology. Sometimes, people with the gift of knowledge, they make great teachers. And I say sometimes, because sometimes they don't. Alright? Sometimes people with the gift of knowledge have no people skills. And they make awful teachers. Let's be honest about our gifts, okay? Let's not try to be someone we're not. As a church, another idea, we we get a ton of questions questions about theology, about the Bible. Maybe you could help us research and help us give advice as to the right answer. Also, with the gift of knowledge, you have all kinds of opportunities in the secular world. Okay, You have all kinds of opportunities to use your God-given knowledge to the glory of God. I want to conclude this morning by asking, what's your part? In Grace Church. That's going to be the drum that I beat. For the next couple weeks. What is your part. In Grace Church. Because we are growing. Okay. What part are you going to play? Why has God. Brought you here. Maybe he brought you here. To become a Christian. That's, That's where you need to start. Ask Jesus to be your Lord. To be your God. Get in. Okay, Get in. Ask Jesus to save you. Go public with your faith through baptism. And then help us impact La Plata County with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the weeks to come, we're going to look at a lot of gifts. And what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight as to what part you should play in Grace Church. Like, what are your gifts? God has gifted you. As a Christian, He's gifted you. What is that? What's your passion, your desire, your dreams? What abilities do you have? Why did God bring you here? and, And what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? I just encourage you to ask Him because He will tell you. He will guide you. I want us to be... I want you to know my motivation of why we're going through this. I want us to be the best church we can possibly be. I want people... When they're walking on the streets of Durango and Bayfield and Cortez and Ignacio, it's like the talk of the town at Grace Church. Have you seen what God's doing at that church? And the only way that's going to happen is if we're all using our gifts to glorify God. It's not going to be me and this preaching, and that's part of it. But it's going to be you rising up as God's army, using your giftedness to build His kingdom. That's when we're going to become the talk of the town. For His glory, not for ours. For His glory, not for ours. I want us to be the best church we can possibly be so that we can serve one another better, so we can serve our city better, and so that we can bring the love of Jesus to those who are far from Him. What do you say, huh? I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to sing a powerful song of worship this morning. It's called Oceans. And let me just tell you, it talks about God calling us to the deep. This song, it talks about God calling us into the oceans of darkness. If you kind of picture with me, it's almost like we're on a little ship right now, our little holy boat. But man, when we leave this boat, it's oceans of darkness that surround us. There's darkness, there's struggles, there's pain, there's sin everywhere. But God is calling us into the deep. He's calling us into the oceans. And so I want to encourage you, church, don't be afraid to step out on the waters. His Spirit will guide you, His Spirit will lead you, and He is faithful. If you stay focused on Him, you won't sink. The waves won't destroy you. So church, be full of courage. Find out where you're gifted. And let's advance the kingdom of God together. Let me pray. Father God, we love You. Holy Spirit, we love You. Jesus, we love You. I pray You would make us to be more like Jesus each day. Jesus, we want to be a church that's like You. Where people see the church and they see Jesus. I pray that You would keep us from pride. You would keep us from arrogance. Give each and every one of us a meaningful role to play this church. Please, Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, make us like Jesus.